just past seven minutes before, or rather, eight after eight o'clock. And we are on Meet the Boss. Thank you very much for choosing to stay with us. Koliswa Taku is a businesswoman who specializes in property development with a background as a lawyer. She's the CEO and founder of the Taku Group of uh, Businesses, post, which posts, listen to this, it's very important to hear this, a portfolio worth over 600 million rand. And it includes a 400 hectares uh, of land in King Williamstown. Uh, King Williamstown, uh, King I'll think about what that town is supposed to be called. I, I tend to know these things. Um, a a seven-story building in Mayfair, Johannesburg, and a student accommodation comprising more than 2,000 rooms. She's also the 2017 recipient of the Standard Bank Top Women in Property Awards. The Daku Group is also starting a mentorship program in partnership with Mencosa, and they are looking for other women in business. I'm going to repeat that. They are starting a mentorship program in partnership with Mencosa and they are looking for other women in business. Have I given you enough not to watch a soapy tonight? Because you may want to be mentored by the Dago Group. So stay listening to us because she joins me right here in studio as our guest on Meet the Boss, Molosis. Hello, hello, Ramsey. Are you well? I'm good at yourself. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for I, having I, me. I know we stopped to mid-air last week. You were about to land and said, Tend that flight, don't land. We can't do it. Come back next week. Thank you. And you were very generous and magnanimous with your time to come back again today. Oh, definitely. As I said, it's always good to be on your show. I It's one of those shows that keep us on the road as we are touring the country, looking at development. Looking at opportunities and developments. Yes, 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 indeed. Well, let's start with you. Let's talk about you, the story mm. of Koliswa uh, and uh, where, it, where it begins. Where, where's home? Where were you born? Mm. T- talk to us about where it all begins, your life, your personal life. I, I, I'm coming from a very small town called Yudnik. It's a very trade unionized town because of its automotive industry yeah. so i was born in those dusty streets of Yudnek. uh became i think for me it, at the time parents never know that they're doing a good job they are moving you from Yudnek, and then they moved me at the age of 13 uh, to mtata mm-hmm. and uh, probably to say i need to get a better education at the time the homelands had a better system compared to your Republican schools, yes. especially township schools. So I ended up in a Roman Catholic school I'm sorry. right at the end of Liborde. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that's where I was molded to actually understand the issue around education and wealth. Uh, I think y- y- in a Roman Catholic school, for anyone that has been there, it's all about spiritual values, spiritual uh, commitment, and as well as also about intelligence yeah. and always being on top of the class. So I just became one of those uh, that came from this small town who started to be tops with Africans. Very funny now. Really? So I was a top uh, pupil at school because of Africans. You come from Yudnek. We, we, we were speaking Africans quite a lot at home. So and then I started to get more into becoming the best and the top pupil. Went into high school at Holy Cross, also in Mtata. 
I think that's when I started to see a, a lot of things. I normally say to people, you come from a, to- a, a, a forumed house with a toilet outside and then you get exposed to bathrooms. Yeah. And uh, probably middle-income uh, units for a change because my uncle was staying at Fort Gale, one of the top areas in Tata. So you start to realize that there's better life outside you'd make. Uh, you start to realize that you need to grow beyond that small little girl who comes from the dusty streets of you'd make. And then I... I started to see kids coming from the rich families. Uh, let, let me ask you to hold on one second. Uh, I need to take a break okay. and we'll continue. 17 minutes after 8 o'clock, meet the boss, Polisa Daku, founder and CEO of Daku Group of Companies. You are still telling me the story of uh, growing up in Mtata, Cur- curiously going to a uh, Catholic school. Never a temptation to... To end up wearing the habit yourself? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Not at all. No, no, no. no I think I, I, I suppose it's a funny thing. We, we, we grace those schools now, but when you finish off there, you just don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I am told they are strict in such schools. Yes. It's tough. No, by the time you're done, you just want to get out. Yeah. But the lessons learned, you, you realize them at a later stage. You know the values instilled. Yeah. Especially the hard working values. They just combine with what you've learned at home. And I mean, th- 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 as I said, uh, my grandmother used to do two jobs. Yeah. Uh, she was working. And, and, and in fact, my mother would normally say, I don't think she even knew that she was a warden. She was looking after uh, prisoners at yeah. St. Albans and as well as also cleaning at the hospital. So she wouldn't call it warden or anything. She would just say, no, I've got a job to look after the prisoners, do all the things that were being done in the olden days. Now, for us, that used to be a good story. We learned quite a lot to double our efforts in terms of hard working because we learned it from a great woman. Uh, and even my mother is the most hardest working woman that I know, looking after 20 uh, kids, whereas she's only got wow. two. <laughs> wow. 20. <laughs> yes, yes. All her siblings passed on at an early age. So she, she's the last born. So she had to take them through school. Uh, most of her sister's kids. I mean, I grew up with all my cousins. I don't know this thing called being the only child. Yeah, the yeah, only that, two that of privilege. Them. That, that's not there. Yeah. <laughs> that's not there. So you, you finish high school. You, what happens when you leave high school? Funny enough, I normally say that mm. um, uh, I, I ended up with a funny gap here. Uh, the normal you know, uh, Department of Education in Transkai then, uh, misplaced for some reason some of the results and uh, I couldn't find my maths results and I couldn't rewrite the the exams or anything so I had to wait for them to find uh, what is happening do the investigation and uh, I found myself working that year so I was working at sales house in Mtata and uh, for a year and as because uh, we were in the same class with my cousin mm-hmm. so he then said to me come and see what's going on because i had plans to because we're doing medicine science so i wanted to go and um, apply for pharmacy i didn't want to be a doctor as everybody would love anyone who does medicine science to, to be a doctor even yeah. family no that's all family so knew at the time. i was planning to go to natal so then I went to the University of Transkai then, UNITRA, and the now called WUSU. And uh, my cousin said, just go and look at courses that are available. Here I was. Law was available. Uh, <laughs> so it was almost like 
throwing something off your head. Yes, yeah. So no inspiration <laughs> from anywhere, no, no family that you looked up to, no, no next door neighbor who was a lawyer. No, nothing. It's just, f- uh, I mean, my mom is a, was a teacher and uh, no one else was anything else at home. We had teachers, full family full of teachers. And I was told to become a doctor because I'm doing medicine yeah. science. And I wanted to be a pharmacist because I felt it's something more, much closer to yeah. that. So I don't think I really want to be in hospital. So when he said I must go and look, and then I found this faculty with more space. <laughs> and then I said, wow, law and order. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I'm, so I'll be able, I'm able to do this thing. And I think, uh, as as everybody says, it was uh, it was luck, and uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. And 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 the funny thing is, the 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 issues that people believe uh, were the worst, um, in terms of us being educated at night with our lecturers having to work during the day because there were not enough. Um, uh, lawyers in Tata at yeah. the time and so on. So during the day, guys will have to go and practice and then come and lecture us mainly at night. So you'll just do those activities that do not require uh, lectures mm-hmm. during the day. But we used to look up to them. You know, they are big short lawyers, uh, and yeah, all these guys. Yeah. And you just wanted to be like them. You know, you grow up in an environment where you found yourself with a grandmother that is doing double jobs. You are at varsity with lecturers that are doing double jobs. You just want to do the same. You've got the adrenaline. And the only thing that you look for is just to achieve more, more and more and more and more. So Tata mm. built me to be... One of those people that are saying, I've got this this family in, um, values, I've got these educational values, I don't think I can conquer anything. So I went to Cape Town. Is that uh, for postgraduate now you went Cape yes, Town? I went, I that, was it immediate? You didn't go practice law? I practiced in, ta- in, in a, Cape Town. A bit Town. of practice. There was I, a bi- I practiced in Cape Town. Yeah. In the worst environment in terms of practice because you come into a very strong Afrikaans background yeah. and uh, you just have to be strong. Who did you do articles with? I did my articles with Melnix and then I also did a stint with the Department of Justice. Okay. So I was just there mainly doing litigation Yeah. and I used to enjoy quite a lot of just talking in front of people and then as I was moving on uh, I found myself being headhunted I don't know for what good reason <laughs> that I was doing my work better or anything. But I then had to make a choice between uh, uh, focusing or growing in the legal field or joining the Western Cape Investment and Trade Promotion Agency, which was uh, Westcro, yeah. where we were more focusing on economic development, uh, which means promoting the Western Cape for investors and bring in trade and foreign direct mm. investment. So you were quite... I came in just to do policy issues there. But then I found myself marketing towns and soon or later I saw myself uh, promoting um, uh, properties, not knowing I'm promoting yeah, properties yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it was more f- showcasing to new investors um, infrastructure and good opportunities that are available in the Western Cape. And I think that's where the seed was born. Yes. This is where <laughs> the seed was born. Yes. So talk about that. Then, yes. how do we end up uh, with a Daku uh, group of companies and in property development specifically? Yes, I think that's when. Um, then, as I'm saying, that you had the passion to promote spaces, to promote towns, and for some reason, 
again, it was a situation whereby there's a bit was a bit of a turmoil in the Western Cape politics wise, mm. change of uh, guard, and as well as also a lot of us were shaken by not being interested in the political environment where you just want to work for yourself now. Yeah. So myself and uh, two other colleagues, we then uh, decided to form. The first company that I was involved in was a loyalty company. So we're more f- focusing on loyalty programs mm-hmm. for companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as I was there, uh, focusing on, on, on those loyalty consulting work and so on, working with my colleagues, uh, same year, I started to have an interest in, 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 in other opportunities. Yeah. And uh, indeed... The one and only came on board, <laughs> and uh, you know when I looked at the profile <laughs> and I saw the one and only, and I thought, really? <laughs> and and funny enough, uh, how the whole uh, situation happened? It was purely on the basis of now very funny, uh, where you 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 were brought into a partnership with your legal background, uh, purely with people believing that let's partner. Uh, with with her business because of her legal background. Yeah. We need to have her on that board. She understands uh, the promotion of investment and trade. So the combination of, sk- of the skills that I had yes. in business uh, played a very critical role. And then as I was there, enjoying myself in terms of um, uh, working in that space and um, uh, actually looking at a development from nothing, and getting into one of the top world-class uh, development, uh, that's when you started to like quite a lot. And then I in <coughs> got involved with the Kylie Chasibiti. Yeah. So the interesting part, you're working with prime property it, at the waterfront, yeah. and then another prime property right in Kylie On the other side. <laughs> but, but they're and both prime. Yes, they're both where, prime. Where they're located. Yes, yes. they are. Yes. Because, I mean, it's the biggest township exactly. in, the, in the Western Cape, and you're building a central business district yes. to bring in the different um, uh, departments. Uh, you service in terms of services you're starting to understand a mixed-use development so from understanding on how to develop a hotel then you're also understanding on how to do a mixed-use development having a mall and having offices having recreational centers and as well as also creating some offices and i'm like i love this (laughs) okay i can talk forever about all the things that you've done all the opportunities that came your way all the networks that you've built. But yes. let's, let's talk a, a bit about the uncomfortable stuff in life. Yes, yeah. I look at your your profile, I look at your CV, I look at your achievements. Yes. And I cannot help but get excited and feel, yes. wow, she's Thank one you. of us in that space. Thank you. But I know, uh, even as a layman, mm-hmm. that the property industry is a multi-trillion mm, business mm-hmm. in, in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Why is it? that we're still the smallest players as black people in this space. Where are the barriers of entry? I think it, it, it's, it's a various issues in terms of barriers of entry. It, it just generically with regards to SMMEs in mm. South Africa. As a, as a startup in, in, in South Africa, we still have serious challenges of, of studying uh, business. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, the obstacles that the other day I was talking about it before I get into property about what I did for my executive MBA thesis is 
the alignment of the Black Economic Empowerment to the SMME Act. Yeah. Now you have, as an SMME, you've got to comply with all these regulations, which is your tax, your CIPC, mm-hmm. etc. And, 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 and when you apply for your mm-hmm. uh, BE certificate, they ask if you're black. Yes. Like, like, really? If you are. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you can't uh, be not black when you are. And you still have to comply with a lot of issues around that. And then the opportunities do miss you along the way because you don't have the necessary compliance papers in place. That's the starting point. And then whilst you are looking into that, starting this business, you still have to deal with issues of resources, uh, which are also a dynamic in terms of starting your own business because you need skilled people. You need the necessary resources, operational areas, and as well as also you need the capital to operate that business. So it becomes a challenge with a lot of uh, people to be able to comply with all those areas. Mm -hmm. Now you get to the third one, which is property. It needs capital. Lots of capital. Uh, For you to enter into that sector. And if you don't have any of that capital, you are not going to be able to enter the sector because you have to buy property. That's the notion that you first know. Yes. And I think that becomes the obstacle to entry into the space. Not only is it just about access to capital, exposure into the industry uh, is also another challenge because a lot of our businesses, the information that is being supplied is on construction. And I tend to pass this message to say that construction is the end product towards the development. Yes, it's, it's, it's somewhere the, down the value chain. Yes, there's the acquisition processes, yes. there's the planning processes the that has to be that has to be involved, and there's a network that is around that planning process, which involves architects, engineers, and as well as also do your quantity surveyors. Yes. and all of these. Uh, uh, different um, professions or disciplines are not communicating together with the developers that are quite keen in getting into the sector. Besides the fact that you're not exposed, uh, if you want to own property, you don't have relations with that sector. So if you're a lawyer and you're quite interested in owning a property and you don't know any engineer or quantity surveyor or architect, and you don't even know where to get the property, you're not going to move. You'll wait for the tenders to come out oh. for construction, <laughs> and then you'll rush for that construction. So we construction. are then confined to the last leg of, that. of this chain, which yes. is construction. Yes. And, and yes, when you pick up a 10 million rand business there, mm. you actually then think it's a big mm. business. But if you realize that this 10 million only represents 1% of what has been in the, in the chain, mm. then we, yes, we're missing out somewhere. Yes, because exactly as you are saying that it's a, it's a trillion uh, business, but we don't have access to it. Besides access to capital, we don't have access to those assets. Who's selling them? When are they selling them? Do you go only to the estate agents? What about those disposals? Who's disposing what? Uh, we hear government wants to dispose uh, certain properties. Mm-hmm. But uh, we don't have that information of disposal. Well, let's talk about that. You see, <laughs> I was I was gonna go there to say, <laughs> it, it's one thing. It's one thing if you tell me uh, that that you know it's gonna be a very long question that I need to ask. Yes. So I, I need to think very well about this question. Yes. And yeah. it's going to offend government. Yeah. I can tell you this question is gonna offend government. So let's take a break as I construct it in my head. Okay. 25 minutes before 9 o'clock, 89 I'm saying this because if I'm not careful, I'm never going to release her to you. I'll speak to her alone until the end of the show. So please, 
Join me in this conversation with Police of Taku, uh, 089-110-3377 on Twitter at Rams by the Horns and Facebook is Metro FM Talk with Rams. You can email us, talk at metrofm.co.za. She's our guest on Meet the Boss. To remind you a bit about who we're talking about here, she's been in property development for over 20 years. She has several awards in business. She's uh, nominated for the Women's Property Network uh, Businesswoman of the Year and a finalist for the National Prize representing the Western Cape. She holds an executive MBA from the UCT Graduate School of Business I only know it because I've driven past it. I've never touched the ground. Uh, she holds an uh, LLM degree from the University of the Western Cape, Epush, and has several postgraduate diplomas in project management, HR, and other uh, disciplines. <sighs> she sits on several boards. Né? Uh, if I'm going to read all of them, we're not going to finish. She is our guest, and she's right here, 89 Let's go back to where I was about to ask you a question that could make me very unpopular. Yes, the industry is tough. Yes, we don't have the finances. Yes, we don't have the contacts. But we have land that belongs to the state. We have other opportunities in the property Mm. sector that are in the state's hands. Mm. Wouldn't those fast-track the transformation that we need to have if they disposed property and called people like you mm. uh, first uh, and not the same guys that always get you know about this. I'm not going to mention them because you know it's as if I have a problem with them. No, they're all business people. I respect them. But is government missing an opportunity to transform the industry much quicker? Yes, I think I think uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's very clear that um, you see there was a, a, a boom in terms of the leasing property yeah. uh, opportunities that were within public works. And I think at one stage that came to a halt because uh, we as business people at the time, we expected that that would could have been the easiest way because you know that government is looking for uh, office space. And therefore, if you can, you'll be to have uh, have that contract with them to supply them with such, mm-hmm. then it's the easiest way. Because if you've got a tenant, then it's easy for you to access um, uh, that asset. But at the same time, the challenge that we have for us that really love working with land is that there's so much available in terms, I mean, it's about 550 billion that government sits, sits on in yeah. terms of land. Uh, where we could have innovative ideas and create alternative Hyde Parks uh, as we know how yeah. to do that yeah. uh, rather than uh, recycling what is available within the property space. But the problem is accessibility of that land. Uh, the barriers are quite high. It's not because you, you don't know who to touch base with, but the challenge is, is, is there enough uh, trust on a black person? Mm. Continue uh, to for 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 government to believe that a black woman hundred percent owned property development company can do the work. So I think we need that. Uh, we need that uh, engagement to say that. Uh, no, no, property it's, it's, been, it's, too, it's been too many years to be engaging. I'm sure we've over engaged on this matter. Something is missing somewhere. I mean, let me let me give you something that I, that, that I know at least on mm. the on the. Uh, on the leasing side, yes, eh? yeah. Government spends three billion mm. annually. 
mm. leasing rentals for various government departments through yes. Department of uh, Public Works. Yes. Yet only 10% goes to black landlords. Yes. I, mm. I, I, I cannot imagine that 23 years later, we still need to engage to know that this is wrong. I think it's not an engagement that says we need government now to to tell them uh, what needs to happen. It's a situation whereby the processes need to be opened up. Uh, as I'm saying that, why tender for construction uh, jobs mainly, whereas you can be able to have expression of interest in terms of the pieces of land that you own and invite black developers uh, to work with you on innovative ideas of developing those those land. It's still a challenge in terms of us. We are the ones that needs to approach uh, them with regards to spaces that we've noted and say that uh, we we can be able to do this work. And it takes about six years uh, to convince <laughs> them that uh, we can be able to, 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 to achieve uh, the necessary uh, uh, development within that specific space. So you go through a process. So hence I'm saying that it, it, it has to happen from their side, just like they are doing with regards to construction jobs, expose people and have their leasing uh, opportunities exposed to black businesses in a mm -hmm. form of land prior to them actually requiring the asset uh, so that we can be able to develop these pieces. I mean, there's quite a, I mean, uh, currently I'm busy with a piece of land in Poshepstein. Yeah. And uh, it was quite interesting to, to, to note how quick uh, the process was um, with regards to working with a development agency, a small development agency, because there's hunger for, for new uh, development and economic uh, vibrance within those small towns. Hence, we end up loving them because they're quite keen to grow and as well as also they want to increase their economy, yep. they want to create jobs, they want to create their own enterprises. Yes. So there's a balance in terms of you being able to buy that piece of land from them, develop infrastructure in that town, yep. build alternative towns whilst also creating uh, um, uh, job opportunities for those specific towns. But is at a higher level, the question is, if we want to create wealth for property developers, we ought to expose what we have in terms of our asset register uh, by advertising yes. those pieces of land. We can't uh, be expecting government to engage in a form of a talk show. It's about exposure of that asset register to developers. All, all the developers, not specifically those that would approach them from time to time. And property is the easiest industry where people can get involved in. Because anyone that, can that, buy that, property. You see, that, that exactly mm. is, is what causes a problem. You yeah. say to me it's the easiest uh, space to get into. Mm. When we look at the reality is that there's millions of people who are not in that space. Mm. And most of them, it's not because they don't want to. No but because the opportunities are not exposed to them. Very limited. And if you can buy a house, why not uh, get involved? You're already in the space. Yes. So you're more looking at commercial and massive or cluster residential development. Uh, there's quite huge opportunities on student accommodation as well. So I think it's, uh, hence I'm saying that uh, with the first one, you, you, a primary residence, which is where you are staying, yeah. you already know how to structure that deal. You, you know how you've done it for your own house. Now the second leg is now that you're looking at a massive, a bigger development and you are going to be unable 
to access funding through your normal uh, environment because your balance sheet doesn't allow you yeah. to do so. Hence, we're then saying that government then should expose their pieces of land, inviting developers, because then you take the risk of developing it with the, in, with the intent of paying them over time. Yes. Whereas... Uh, Which would in, be cheaper than getting institutional money. It, you can't, actually. Yeah, you, you never can even get it for primary residence. Yeah. But in, if you're looking at more commercial now, it's going to be tough for you because you don't have the balance sheet. And then the, the most people, what they do, they then use their own homes as guarantees. And unfortunately, in most instances, if that development fails, then you lose your house. Zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. My guest is Claudia Sotaku, founder and CEO of Daku Group of Companies. She's my guest on uh, Meet the Boss. If it's hard to change the industry and transform it and make sure that there are more black players, I cannot imagine how harder it is for black women. It's very much so. Very much so. I think, hence I said to you that the exposure that I got within the different environments of work, being a lawyer, uh, which I think it's, it, it, it was great, working mainly on litigation matters. I mean, you knew how to communicate mm -hmm. and be strong working with different types of people. And also the relations that I created with, with the technical uh, 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 people, which is your in engineers, your, 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 your quantity surveyors and architects and so on. Not everybody has got exposure to that. And I worked on the Quebec Interchange, working with the old guard in terms of your old engineers yeah. uh, within the industry. So nobody actually believes that you, if, uh, you, you can be able to do the work, especially if you don't come from their yes. own industry. Yes. Uh, because the perception that is created there, a uh, property developer is someone who's got the technical background, which is not uh, the case. You just need to be a very good uh, business person, knowing exactly how to structure your business and knowing your product is property. And uh, I think that's why it, over time I had to actually upskill myself in terms of project management because you, you ought to make sure that you upskill yourself to be able to drive uh, matters in the sector in the similar way that others are doing. But I, I don't think for me, uh, being a woman only, was the issue. I think just being black generally uh, was, tough. was tough because, I mean, you're working with people uh, that are in this industry who are not black. Uh, okay. That's also another challenge that you have to, uh, to deal with. But I think you just have to be resilient and be firm and understand your goals. And, 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 and if you know really this is what you want to achieve. I just had, uh, I told myself, and, and very funny now, Ramsey, I just wanted to own these properties. I started, remember I told you, I started with BEDs. Yeah. <laughs> As a big discussion for another day. Well, exactly. But exactly. Uh, you then learn from there that sharing the cake too thin, you're not going to get anywhere. It means absolutely nothing. Exactly. Yeah. It means nothing. That's why the BE codes were changed uh, from broad-based to actually now dealing with ownership on a different way. Because, I mean, in most instances, you'd be part of this big deal and there's no value from a monetary point of view. Mm. And, mm. And, and, and in the property sector, you, you have to have ownership uh, of that property for you to actually... And it takes forever uh, to harvest this value yes. anyway. It, that's the problem. Because if you're now going to be sitting with 5% of that value... Uh, irrespective if it's, if it's a multi-billion having worked so hard over, over it and in my case because I wanted to have my hands dirty and be on the ground I wasn't going to accept 5% 
Okay, in terms of this conversation between you and I, we're done. Yes. I'm now giving you to the listeners. They want to talk to you. So I'm just going to let them talk to you. Officially, as I always say to you, as you're about to call or to tweet us, you do not have to talk to her about property if you're not interested in property. You can talk to her about any other issue. You can even also remind her of the money she owed you from Holy Cross that she never paid you. This is the opportunity to call and embarrass her on air that she did not pay you the last cent uh, she borrowed from you those many years ago. But for any other reason, to congratulate her, to ask for advice, and even to speak about mentorship, which is another thing I'm going to talk to her later in the chat, but you want to raise it now, it's up to you. So we start with Lorraine in the Val. Good evening to you, Lorraine. Thank you for calling. Evening, Rams. Evening to your guests. Um, I'm very honored. <laughs> I'm so excited right now. I can um, tell. My first question. No, I'm driving. I'm just meeting my brother somewhere. But my first question to her is, will you please take me under your wing? Because, <laughs> I, you know, um, last week I attended a rich dead poor dead seminar because this is what I want to do. And unfortunately, I couldn't afford the fees that they charge for further um, seminars. But be that as it may, yes. I just need her, her advice. I've managed to buy my first property in 2013 through a bond. Mm. I managed to acquire another property this year. It's also bonded. Mm. I've got a vacant land which is not bonded. My idea is to build um, townhouses, as you've been saying. Mm. I, mean, I see opportunity there. But I need guidance. I need to know how do I go about maximizing what I've got because mm. I feel sometimes I feel overwhelmed. You know, yes. I've got two bonded properties. I've got this property that is not bonded, but mm. how am I going to develop that which I see in my head? I don't know how to go about it. Hence, my first question was: Would she be so kind yes. as to say, Lorraine, listen, mm. a young black woman, I'm going to assist you. Let's do it. This is mm. how you go about it. Hey, Lorraine, that's Sira's blackmail. But anyway, thank you for calling and for listening. <laughs> Listen on the radio. We shall respond to that. Unati in Johannesburg. Good evening. Hi, Rams. Hi, Susie. How are you guys? Hi. We are dark uh, and my lovely. Question is, thank you. My question is, I'm a, I'm a construction professional in the sense that I've gone through the whole construction management and project management field. I've been lucky enough to work in retail and data development. And I want to actually venture out into property, and I'm currently studying that. But I find that I don't have female mentors around me, and I don't know how to access them. I'm joining the South African Institute of Black Property Professionals, and when I go to functions, it's always difficult to meet people because they're quickly there to give a speech and walk out. <laughs> so I wanted to access to mentors and to help me gain further access into the market as a black uh, female professional. Thank you, Unati. Listen on the radio. We truly appreciate your patronage. Joshua, you're calling us from Pretoria. Good evening, mate. Good evening, everyone. How are you doing? I'm dark and lovely. How are you? I am beautiful. Uh, good evening to your guest. Evening. Uh, I am a young graduate. I just finished my business degree from the University of Pretoria. And simple question. I just wanted advice from you uh, in terms of what would a young 22-year-old with no experience in the business, uh, how would they start up? How would you advise them to start up 
in this property development business and more specifically what choices do you wish that you made mm. back when you were 22 uh with your experience that you have right now I'm pretty sure you have a few things that you wish you could have done differently not necessarily regrets but maybe uh uh just uh advice in terms of like what you would have done brilliant question joshua thank you very much listen on the radio let's uh, start with lorraine's questions uh, question uh, thank you very much uh, i think <laughs> that's exactly i think the the issue that uh, we're going to talk about um, yeah let's start now actually you can talk about the it now academy yeah um, we've actually realized that uh, based on the demand from uh, the different um, uh, platforms that we've been talking at that people really need information yeah. with regards to properties and what excites me is that people own already it's just about the creative ways of packaging it and that's the exposure that they need and and what are the tools to utilize i mean she's got a site she just needs resources and capital to mm. package it and uh, and that's what she's asking for I and mean, i think she must just um uh, follow us on uh, Twitter and as well as also on Facebook and on Instagram. You must just look for Koliswa Daku. She will find me. And on all those platforms. Yes, and yeah. and and because we are going to promote the academy now, where we are actually working with Menkosa and uh, Redis and Blue to actually specifically start sharing the ways on how people should be packaging their properties. Mm. Remember, I told you. Uh, with the development agency work and that's where I learned on how to package yes. a development and that's the skill that we would like to to, to, to share with, with, with all uh, women across the country and I think it applies with Unati as well where she's also got construction management experience and what I'm interested in when it comes to them is sharing the value chain of property development and, and I've been emphasizing this to say that Yes, uh, they've got the construction management experience, and I love that. We need them, but it's always good for them to understand the value chain of, 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 of property development. And she's also looking at mentorship, and she must just look at Dago Group of Academy. Okay, what so that answers th- both Lorraine yes, and Unati. Yes, I think... Uh, Joshua, a- Joshua asked very tough questions. Yeah. Uh, how does he start up, but also what mm. choices you would have made differently mm. when you were 22 as he is? Yes. I can't remember when I was. <laughs> I wish I could have thought about being a lawyer earlier than uh, realizing it on the board. That that's a quick <laughs> joke. But I, I think if 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 for me more than anything else, I mean, being in this industry for probably twenty years, it, it, if I could under, would have understood better the tools of uh, financial acquisition. I would have actually uh, done a lot because exposure was there of the different um, uh, typologies and assets in terms of property. But if I knew on how to package it, as, as, as we would normally say that in the olden days, that if I had a trust fund, yeah. I would have acquired a lot of properties by now. So I think that has been the biggest obstacle because, I mean, along the way, you would have your alternative biz- businesses uh, subsidizing who you are mm-hmm. uh, in terms of business. And I think at, as, as a 22-year-old, uh, I would not have changed being a lawyer. I, I think uh, I would not have felt comfortable having been in another industry at that age. And I think law has exposed me to be where I am uh, today. So I I much appreciate that part. But I think 
I would have achieved by now a multi-billion portfolio because I've got I've got quite a lot, but I'm unable to unlock them faster. Well, uh, but at an but early we are age. We, are, we are on the on the way to that. Eh? We are on the way to that multi-billion rent portfolio. Yes, yeah. That's what we probably by next year would have finished that by f- end of February, just because of the fact that we need to continuously be on the lookout in terms of our balance sheet. We are unable to do that very fast. I'm going to take one last break. Kwaisa, don't move. You'll be my last caller when I come back mm-hmm. and we conclude this conversation, sadly, because just time is never on our side. We're about to conclude this conversation. So, Kwaisa, you're going to be the last caller from Cape Town. We're listening to you. Hi, Hi, Johnny. I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. I'm Hey! Hi! <laughs> <laughs> She's an essay. Oh. Mm. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm good at you, Kaita. And good things. I'd mm. like to say, you know, I'm so, so proud of you mm. for all your achievements in Zarko. And like we had this conversation that, that day, yes. I need you to mentor me. Yes. You know, like I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. You know, a long way, and for a black woman, I am so proud. I am inspired. Thank you so much. She's one of those that have converted from just uh, being an, an aviation person. Yeah. Now she's joined the sector. Koita, before you leave, let me share with you this joke. I, I grew up in, in Soweto in a mostly Tswana speaking area. <laughs> but there was this Tosa speaking family in the, in, in the neighborhood. And, yeah. and yeah. The, the, the matriarch was called Madamin. Yeah. And, I, and I thought then as a, as a growing up young boy, I thought maybe all Kosa women are called Madlamin. It took me long to realize, no, that's not the case. But wonderful. Thank you very much for calling us. Thank you very much, Sisikas. <laughs> Don't forget to grow that business. Ne? You mustn't give up. Oh, of course. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you okay. So, what's, uh, what's the picture looking like mm. for the group mm. and generally for the black property sector, say five, ten years from now? I think I think definitely we're going to make it. There are too many structures that are pushing now. I yeah. think you've got the South African black property practitioners who have now quite uh, diversified in terms of looking at uh, growth of the sector. And I think also ourselves as, as up-and-coming uh, development uh, uh, entities who are strongly growing these businesses, as I'm telling you, my portfolio is more than, uh, in terms of the the, the, the list of, of, of properties that I'm looking at, it's already sitting at uh, at more than a billion, but it's a situation whereby you just need to convert them. Uh, so I think uh, all of us are, are pushing very hard. There's quite keen interest at lower levels in terms of towns who are really looking at, 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 at diversification and mm-hmm. growth and as well as also interest of working with developers. It's been exciting. And I think for those that are c- up and coming in the sector, go to those small towns where you come from, go and make a change, build those small pieces of land into big cities. That's what we want to see. That's where the future lies. It, is, it has been a great pleasure having you here. It has not been enough time to talk to you. I Thank wish I had you. much more time to talk to you. We probably should find another opportunity. There are many issues we have not touched yes. on. But I'm very, very happy that we've had you. And mm. I'm glad mm. for the Dago group of businesses. Thank you for being around. And take more people under your wing. 
grow this sector and let's transform it and let's create wealth. No, definitely we will. We will. Thank you very much. That's all a property. She's been our guest on Meet the Boss. It's been great. Have a great evening and travel well. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We are back next Monday, same time, 7.30 to 9 p.m. So thank you very much to Tato and T-Deep. Thank you to all our guests. All their details are on our Facebook page, as usual. Metro FM Talk with Rams. Please, do not inbox me on a Saturday and ask, what's that woman you spoke to on Tuesday? No, it's on Facebook. We don't hide their details. We put them all there. Hey, website address will be there. Hey, Facebook uh, name will be there. Everything will be there. We don't hide it. We don't own. We don't hog this information. From me, Rems Mabote, good night and God bless. Thank you.